Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives. A large amount of rubbish, which included needles, syringes and empty alcohol bottles, were spotted in Limerick. Paul Williams of Canteen on Catherine Street in Limerick City spotted the rubbish and he took to social media to share the photos, calling for a safe injection space for drug users in Limerick. And he chatted uh, to Live 95 News about it. Like, it's happened for a while, but it just kind of... The other day I went out and there was like six or seven needles out the back behind the shop and it goes on all the time but you kind of get used to it so like every couple of weeks there'll be used needles out the back of the shop or in the lanes or there'll be people I think they're doing sometimes there's uh, tinfoil out there and it might be from crack cocaine use but it's all the time and all the lanes and it's very unsafe for the staff to go out so I have to go out and usually move them from our area where the bins are over and the council will pick them up. I know the guy in the street, the street sweeper van goes in the morning and he said that he is one of the injection, safe injection buckets in his van. He said if he sees them, he picks them up. And do you actually see the drug taking going on as well, Paul? Sometimes if it's quiet or in, like... At five or six o'clock in the evening, if there's no one around, they'll be doing it in the lanes, yeah. And you said on Twitter that, you know, there should be a safe place for drug taking. That's, I suppose it's a controversial view. Some people think, you know, that there should be no support for people who are breaking the law and taking illegal drugs. But when you see the kind of paraphernalia that you posted uh, on social media this morning, it really is a problem for Limerick businesses. Well, it's a problem for every city in Ireland. You know, uh, drug use like them, class A drugs like heroin and cocaine are in every town and city in Ireland. And we have to accept the fact that the the war on drugs or the drug policy has failed for the last 20 or 30 years. And Dublin, I think they had permission in for a safe injection centre in Dublin that allows the drug users to inject safely in a controlled environment. And there's health professionals there that will make sure they're using clean needles and stuff because in the end it costs us all because these people get hepatitis A, they get other um, diseases and they end up in A&E and it's a cost on society. And there lies the problem though is that while in theory we all would maybe like a safe place for this to happen, if for example it was to open next door to your business, would you be concerned about it impacting on your business? Would you support a safe uh, place for people to inject? It's happening next door to my business and every city centre business with a lane or an alley behind them, you know what I mean? And I think it was especially prevalent during lockdown because with the population gone from the city, every corner and every alley was being used for open drug taking, um, especially now that the city is quieter in the evening because the pubs and the restaurants are mostly closed, that the taxis aren't flying around keeping an eye on things, you know what I mean? And do you see the the effects of this? I mean, apart from just the needles and the things like the tinfoil that you've seen on the ground, do you see other effects of the drug taking around the city centre? 
how do you mean other effects? Well, well you see I mean, the, people, the, people who are under the influence and people maybe, you know, as a result of being under the influence, the behaviour, antisocial behaviour, theft, that kind of thing. Well, you'd see them every day in the city. Like, I'm in the city seven, six, seven days a week, and you see the same faces every day. They're sleeping rough on O'Connell Street. They're out trying to beg for money then outside the shops, the heavy uh, pedestrianised, the shops where get a lot of footfall on O'Connell Street. And then you see them in the lanes in the evening, you know, either drinking or taking drugs. And, you know... I don't know what the answer is. I'm not, uh, I haven't worked in drug policy. I do know there's great people working in the city, but unless we come up with a, a new solution, the problem isn't going to go away. And do you think it's impacting on your business now? No, I don't think it is. Like, you know, I'll pick up, I pick up, I kind of bought one of them rubbish grabbers in uh, the hardware store and I'll put the needles into a cup and I'll leave them in the corner. And then when I see the street sweeper in the morning, I'll ask them to put them away. So I think people are just used to it, you know, that you'd see these people around most city centres in Ireland. It doesn't really impact my business that much, apart from me having to go clean it up, you know what I mean? That's Paul Williams of Canteen on Catherine Street in Limerick City City, city Centre uh, chatting to our own Gillian uh, on Live 95 News. So the rubbish he's been talking about has been cleared away since, but it has reignited uh, the debate around drugs and drug culture across Limerick. Uh, what do you think? WhatsApp us on 86 and uh, Councillor Daniel Butler of uh, Fine Gael, uh, on a professional basis has uh, experience of trying to deal with uh, the uh, drug issue. Uh, good morning to you, Daniel. How are you? Good morning, Joe. Um, so what about what Paul says there, particularly his call for a safe injection space for drug users in the city? Is that the way to go? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I suppose in Ireland we uh, amended our, our, our Misuse of Drugs Act bill to include the uh, provision of uh, drug injections, injection facilities or supervised injection facilities um, back and that was brought into law and through, um, through, brought through a bill through the Shannon back in 2017. Um, and there has been a lot of discussion around it, in, in particularly in Dublin, uh, as, as regards the, the to their development. I think it's important to know what what are what are they. First of all, is the most important thing for people that mightn't be familiar with it. They're they're like a clinic essentially, like you would see by like any other clinic you'd see anywhere, and they they largely consist of a, of a reception area where people come in and are greeted by uh, professionals a drug, drug consumption area where the individuals can inject safely using clean needles and then a recovery area that will allow for possible any issues then for them to recover and for any issues like overdose to be, to be addressed. And I suppose the idea, and I think Paul kind of said it correctly there, like the war on drugs is well and truly lost and we have to accept the reality that drug use has been part of society and humanity for centuries and it's likely to be part of humanity and society for, for further more centuries as people will struggle and they will turn to, um, I suppose, quick fixes like drugs in order to deal with it. Uh, and I suppose the idea with uh, safety injection facilities is that you provide an environment where they can do that safely, but also where you provide uh, uh, options for, for treatment, so where you provide counselling services available on-site uh, for those individuals. So it's not just about 
supporting their continued continue drug use is both reducing the harm that they're causing themselves and then in, in the long run in the hope of developing a relationship with the user is to give them the options to gain recovery and to move forward right. with their lives. Well, Tig has been in touch with us on 461995 and says, Joe, when you're talking about the needle exchange, please include the Dublin experience. These facilities were opened in the retail centre of the north side O'Connell Street area in Dublin with devastating effects uh, added to pedestrianisation of that area resulted in what uh, Tig describes is um, an army of uh, beggars, uh, often drug users, uh, besieging a local hotel every day. Um, on the south side of Dublin, the exchange was put near Houston Station, well away from the commercial centre, with much less difficulty for south side businesses. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, look, this is this is the reality. Um, you know, it, it, there's all well and good calling for these facilities, but then when you when you place them in areas, um, there's a huge level of objection. I mean, Canada had the same issue. So Canada have, has a number of safety injection facilities. Uh, there's a number of them out as well throughout, throughout Europe. But Canada is a good example. And what Canada actually decided to do is that um, they amended their planning laws to actually allow for the development of these clinics without planning requirements so that people couldn't object because they had the same issues there were people objected to them. And I suppose the question is always asked to me, it's been asked to me many times, do I think there's a need for safety in injection facilities in Limerick? And I suppose I've always felt that there is no need currently and it's not certainly not a priority, I don't think. If you if you talk to the, the various uh, services in the city, uh, would they say no to a, a, a safety injection facility? Probably not. But is it a priority? It isn't. I mean, the priorities right now in Limerick are more effective and more availability of treatment facilities and more improved uh, services for homeless, homelessness. Because when the key drivers of uh, drug use, especially intravenous drug use in Limerick City, is homelessness. So they're the kind of priorities that a lot of the drug services in Limerick are focusing on. And the one thing we're very fortunate in Limerick is we have a number of really excellent services have, who have very good relationships with drug users. And I know them all personally and by name and have an excellent relationship with them to address the issues. And we're very fortunate to have that. And with that knowledge and that, that, that level of engagement, they're able to address the issues. So, example, for example, the issue with canteen, uh, you know, I suppose when I, when I saw the issue, I knew myself who to contact. And I think people need to realise that if you do see drug paraphernalia, is not to go near it, not even with a, with a litter picker, is to call um, Limerick City and County Council. And Limerick City Council have specific um, uh, to retrain staff in order to deal with it. And they will come out immediately and remove it, which was what happened last week. And also what we did is we contacted the HTC Drug Coordinator Office, which is based in Munger Street, who do really great work. And they also now are going to target the area there, try and engage with the users and ask them you know, what's going on with them and why are they using an area and hope that they'll stop it. Um, and that's the level of, of coordinated approach that we have in the city. And also, and Alicia, I know, who have an outreach service, are and, also going to and, be with us. If you were to speculate, why do you think they are using this area? Um, it could be a variety of reasons, but one of the most common reasons I, I have found, Joe, is that often there probably is a, a, a dealer in the area. Um, and the reality is, is often um, people that are, are using it can, can struggle to get the finances to get it, and so the periods between youth can be far and uh, between, so that when they do get, when they do eventually get the money together and do get the opportunity to use it, that they're they're so in need of it that they need to inject immediately. But also then couple that with the with like as I said, probably that the individuals are probably homeless as well, and they probably don't have a private residence in order to to inject and use 
they're probably on the streets all day long and laneways are their only place where they can get maybe a bit of shade in order to use. And that's, I suppose, where you know, discussions around uh, safety injection facilities are, are, are around, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're chatting to Fine Gael Councillor Daniel Butler and I suppose you know this is just one small part of the ongoing debate uh, that we're having around Limerick City Centre um, and the efforts that have been made uh, even over the last few months uh, on you know, pedestrianisation of certain areas, the controversy that that has caused. How worried are you about this, Daniel? Not just the drugs issue, but where the city centre is going. Um, look, I mean, this is an ongoing discussion for many years, Joe. I mean, I don't know how many discussions you've had in your own show there um, around, you know, what, what's happening with it and where is it going. Um, and I think it's important to contextualise the drug use in that it's, you know, by 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 by, by, by national standards and international standards, the level of intravenous drug use in, in, in Limerick is relatively low. So it's important to kind of have that context. But we don't want we don't we won't see anybody suffering. We won't see any level of drug use. So we'll always aspire to to see it completely eradicated. But look, the, the city centre, you know, particularly at the moment, is undergone a very serious shock in relation to COVID and the new reality, as we keep calling it. Uh, and we've had to make a, a lot of a lot of adjustments very very quickly. Uh, and I think you know, even in those quick adjustments, I think they're they're needed uh, for the current reality. But just not even for even pre-COVID, we needed to more direct. Um, interventions and we need to have a very honest and frank discussion around you know what purpose is our city centre going to, to serve and we, we we all have had discussions before like you've had like I said Joe we do realise that people need to be living in the city centre to um, create a safe and active and vibrant city centre that we we often compare when we compare to other cities that's what what you see you see people living in there with a very low population in the city centre which makes it very difficult in the evening and uh, to support an evening and nighttime economy uh, and as well, Joe, we 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 have we have very little, little, small, small. A lot of employment is quite small units, so we have relatively small level of employment in the city centre. Uh, but it's things like, you know, there are things coming. When we look at the UL now starting to planning to locate in the city centre. Yeah, but I mean, how is that going to be affected by COVID? And if you look at uh, the implications for their own campus from September and the radical changes they've had to make there, so what about something that hasn't even happened yet in the context of the city centre? Absolutely, Joe. I mean, but, you know, aside, aside of that significance, you know, um, to develop it, you know, it's going to be at least two years, uh, possibly three years before time it's fully developed. Um, so, I mean, it's two, two years off, and at that stage we'll be in a very different world, please God, at that stage. Uh, but it's, it, things like that are going to evolve because what they do, Joe, is they bring young people into the city centre who spend money uh, are, are, are around the city during the day and create a vibrancy. Because people often come, you know, talk about Galway. Galway has that, you know, it has university and young people close to the city centre, which creates that vibrancy. And certainly that's coming down the line. But what we discussed, I think, Joe, uh, as well as ours, and has to, has to happen is, you know, what is the purpose of the city centre? You know, uh, retail is really struggling, uh, not just locally, but nationally. Um, our, our units are quite small as well. I mean, you look at Cruiser Street as an example, the units there are, are way too small for modern retail uh, and are probably better suit small cafes. But the situation with, with Cruiser Street is that we have multiple owners and trying to do something with them in a cohesive way is going to be difficult. And I know that we've had discussions around the place is how can we pull those owners together to look at redeveloping it. We've seen Debenhams leave the, leave the city centre and leave that very prominent site now vacant. And they're a very large retailer, and definitely the shock of COVID as well has put further pressure on retail. Yeah, so I, it seems retail, retail, retail is moving out. 
So if retail is moving out, what do we want to see moving in and how can we incentivise that to make it happen? Yeah, Uh, and one other question, uh, Councillor Daniel Butler. How worried are you by uh, the recent developments in COVID? I mean, the Irish Times suggesting that we're going to potentially surpass the UK when it comes to recent incidences. We've seen a three-county lockdown of at least two weeks. We have seen some increase in cases in Limerick. Where are we going with this? Well, look, Joe, I think we have to accept the reality that there, there was always going to be another wave um, and possibly we're at the beginning of it. And it, but, but the hope is that this wave will be far more flat than perhaps than the last wave was. Uh, and it's certainly often what all the experts are telling us we are in that. But I think, again, the, the National Public Health and Emergency Team said that, you know, that these essentially, the, the spike in numbers are related to outbreaks as opposed to community transmission. Community transmission still seems to be quite low um, and the outbreaks have been significant there. I mean, you look at the numbers, 174 at the weekend, 110 of those were associated with kid there alone uh, and with, with the outbreak there in, in the meat plants. But and it's important to know as well with the meat plants, you know, it, this is a common team across Europe and indeed America where they've seen outbreaks in meat, in meat plants even where there's been a high level of precautions mm-hmm. taken. Still seem but, to whatever but, but the is it is. inevitable that the Midwest, you know, um, will at some stage face a localised lockdown, including Limerick? Um, I, I would be surprised if it didn't, Joe. You know, uh, you know, we're heading, we're we're now currently in August. Uh, the virus doesn't like the, the warm weather, but we're heading back into flu season, Joe. And having talk with even with the, the local public uh, health doctors um, only recently, a couple of weeks ago. I think they're only it's only a matter of time from what they're saying before we we we, we hit a, we hit another peak, and all that they're hoping for Joe, at this stage is that we can push that peak as far out as we can, so we can get it away from uh, the, the the height of flu season. Yeah. But, but you, but you know, beyond December, uh, because be you, you're in touch with these things, you know, we already have numbers on trolleys um, at UHL, mm. um, and also it seems that things are getting much more fractious. There seems to be much more anger out there on all sides. Yeah, I, I think people are getting frustrated. That is something I've been speaking about for months, Joe, is that, you know, the impacts of the trauma of what we've just gone through this year would only start to come to light now uh, as we start to get frustrated, as we start to realise that our reality isn't changing, that things aren't going back to normal. And I think uh, people need to kind of find the place and the time over the next couple of weeks to come to peace with that and accept that we have to change how we're going about our business, Joe, and we have to really go get back to the basics of the physical distancing, of the hand washing, of the cough and sneeze etiquette, of the fact that outdoors is better than indoors, uh, and, and the, you know the importance of mask wearing, which is now mandatory from today, that we need to get back to basics. But more importantly, Joe, we need to be in this together. Uh, and we have to be grateful to the people in Kildare, in Offaly, in Leach, because they're not just doing it for themselves, Joe. They're doing it for all of us. Uh, and I think we have to be—we have to be show solidarity with everybody. And when when our when our time comes, it's to step up to the plate and do what we need to do. And we need to get back because we, we need to fight this, Joe. And we need to protect our vulnerable in our society that are susceptible to this. We need to get back to thinking about the pressure that the health system is under and what could be coming down the line, Joe. And it could be worse than what, what's happened before. Uh, depending on when, when it hits us, when it right. hits us, get back to the basics and look, we're in it together, we're in it together, Joe. Okay. And you know, let, let's, let's not start pointing fingers. Let's let's put our arms around each other and then walk forward and hopefully uh, battle this head on. Okay, okay, all right. Well, listen on all of that. Thank you very much for talking to us uh, this morning. That is uh, Finnegale City and County Councillor Daniel Butler. 
Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With HSE Midwest. For updated factual information, see hse.ie. By staying apart, we can save lives.